Good evening, and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Joanna Baudorf, coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center. And I'm Anthony Klingerman. It's Tuesday, November 28th. On our final show of the semester, a Christmas spectacular extravaganza. USC's favorite Christmas movies. A local toy drive. And we'll have that and more from From where where we are. are. After these news headlines from Marie Louise Leone. 11 more Israeli hostages have been released by U.S.-recognized terrorist group Hamas in return for 33 Palestinian prisoners, as the pause in the Israel-Hamas war is extended to six days. Late on Monday, Hamas released nine children and two women back to Israel. Later, Israel's prison authority confirmed their release of Palestinian prisoners, 30 children and three women. The pause is scheduled to end Thursday morning. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden has followed the tradition of House first spouses in decorating the White House for the holiday season. Dr. Biden's theme this year is magic, wonder, and joy for the season, inspired by how children experience the holidays. Dr. Biden posted a picture of her White House Christmas tree on X, formerly Twitter, with the announcement. California Representative David Valadeo said his district office was vandalized by, quote, anti-Israel protesters early Monday morning. Valadeo posted pictures of his office doors, which had been plastered with pro-Palestinian flyers and covered in a substance resembling blood. A spokesperson for Valadeo says that they hope those responsible are held accountable, quote, to the fullest extent of the law. Disneyland is bringing back the discounted multi-day local resident ticket offer in 2024. Starting December 5th, Southern California residents can purchase three-day single-park tickets for either Disneyland or Disney's California Adventure. Weekday packages are $225, and weekend packages are $276. The discount tickets can only be used from January 2nd to June 2nd, 2024, subject to availability. USC provided Annenberg Media with a statement regarding Professor John Strauss denying claims that he had been placed on administrative leave. A viral video where Strauss is seen confronting pro-Palestinian students sparked outrage and dueling petitions, petitions about his status at the university. USC's statement reads in part, the university directed him to teach his two remaining classes online and to remain on, off campus as a precautionary measure until classes are finished this term. USC says he has not been disciplined or punished for his speech. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose and if you ever saw it you would even say it glows. The 31st annual ABC7 toy drive has begun accepting donations so now is the perfect time to bring in some holiday spirit with the gift of giving a toy Nova Blanco Rico has the story. This year marks the 31st annual Spark of Love Toy Drive, where ABC7 teams up with the Southern California Firefighters and Toys for Tots. Community members and families can donate toys at any local fire station. Donated toys will be given to kids in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, Orange, Ventura, and Riverside counties. 
Fire Station 15 Captain Anthony Renna spoke on the importance of stations being a place to accept donations for those less fortunate this holiday season. We don't only respond to emergencies and people when they're in dire need of you know medical care or things like that, but we're also supposed to imprint ourselves in the community itself. And I think with kids, especially during holidays when they're uh, they don't have the ability or the families don't have the ability to provide toys and all the holiday spirit that kids are should be able to grow up with. Um, I think it's important for us to kind of step in and help assist families with that. In addition to the firefighters helping, Random witnesses families turning in donations more often, passing on the gift of giving to their children. So we get uh, the majority of people that are coming in and donating to us now are families. So what's happening is you see that the parents are trying to instill a, a belief of gift of giving to their children that, that are coming in. And it's just instilling something for the next generation of kids and next generation of people. For second-year applied math major Isaac Lustry, his mother passed on such beliefs. From a young age, my mom especially taught me to be very uh, compassionate and caring for others. Uh, so I'm Filipino, and we have like a lot of family in the Philippines. And so what we would do is like donate all of my old stuff and all my old toys to like uh, our Filipino families that are you know in the Philippines. And we've also donated like a lot to uh, fire stations because I'm from the valley. So a lot of like fires around that area. So we would often like donate stuff to fire stations. For those interested in donating toys for the drive, head out to your local fire station or check out the upcoming Stuff a Bus events happening December 1st, 8th, and 15th. For Annenberg Media, I'm Nova Blancarico. If you were around Annenberg today, you may have noticed a different kind of holiday tree by the doors. Erica Driscoll has more on the meaning behind this special decor. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Tis the season for giving in the USC Annenberg Jester Holiday Jingles Project. Today, the USC Annenberg Civic Engagement and the Jester and Farley Fund transformed the Annenberg Halls into the ultimate toyland to share holiday cheer with the beloved book, The Jester Has Lost His Jingle, Friendly Dolls, and a Light-Up Tree Decked Out with Bookmarks. Barbara um, has already inscribed it right here. Never lose your jingle, love the Jester's mom. Did you want her to inscribe it, personalize it to somebody, to you, or to whoever you're going to be giving it to? It's the 27th anniversary of David Seltzman's New York Times bestseller, The Jester Has Lost His Jingle. Seltzman wrote the heartfelt book as his senior year project at Yale University before he passed away from Hodgkin's disease in 1990. The Farley Fund embraces Seltzman's message to bring hope to children coping with illness. Throughout the year, they gift thousands of ill children with the Jester book and Jester doll to uplift their spirits with a jingle and a smile. Barbara Seltzman, the mother of the author and founder of the Farley Fund, who was present at the event, truly believes these pages are special. This book has a wonderful vision of optimism and joy and happiness and how it's always with you no matter what. The colorful children's book is filled with laughter and love. After the jester loses his special jingle and is banned from the castle, he travels to rediscover happiness. On his journey, he visits a little girl in a hospital who teaches him a very important lesson, that one can still find happiness and a sense of humor despite their circumstances. Seltzman's favorite part of the book is the concluding message when the jester races back to the castle with rainbows behind him. 
and he says they found where laughter's been hiding. It's hiding inside everyone. It's buried deep within. You just need to give it a little push to make it pop right out. In lieu of Giving Tuesday and the holiday season, the USC community participated in this inspirational tradition. People can buy the book and plush doll to give a squeeze and a big smile to a child who may need extra Christmas cheer. The book is on sale for $20, $24 for a bilingual version, and $25 for the Jester. For every book or doll purchased today and tomorrow, the Jester and Farley Fund will donate another to the Orthopedic Institute for Children. While the book may look like a children's book, it impacts people far beyond their childhood. I can't tell you how excited I am to hear from people who love the book. They got the book when they were babies 28 years ago, and they love it, and it still helps them every day when they have a tough day. So I hope everybody will know that this book is not just delightful for little ones, but is really so important for all of us to have it because we all have bad days once in a while and uh, it's good to find a way to find the laughter that's hiding inside us. There is nothing like the warm feeling inside of giving. Look for other opportunities to give back this season. For Annenberg Media, I'm Erica Driscoll. I'm at Joanna Bauerdorf, and we're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Anthony Klingerman. It is 10 minutes past the hour. Up next, we ask students around campus about their favorite holiday movies and songs. We try some delicious Christmas treats. And we'll chat with a longtime dancer who's played nearly every role in an iconic holiday ballet. But first... We taste a selection of Christmas snacks for your listening pleasure. Personally, I'm super excited for this. We have a lot of fun Trader Joe's snacks here for us to try. So, why don't we crack these bad boys open and see what we got. Okay, so, we have a lot of different things. For example, one of them is the Peppermint Pretzel Slims. And All who, of which can be found at the local Trader Joe's in the USC Village. That's right. And who could forget the holiday favorite mini dark, <laughs> dark chocolate mint stars only at Trader Joe's. Personally, I've been waiting all year for the mini dark chocolate mint stars to be back in stock. So I'm super excited. So which one would you like to try first? Let's, start, let's start with the mini dark chocolate mint stars only at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Perfect. Here we go. I really don't like ASMR. So if you're somebody who's uncomfortable by chewing, I'm so sorry. Here we go. Oh, yeah, it tastes of Christmas. Yeah, super Santa. Um, I actually don't like the flavor. The flavors are melting on my tongue. It's like very pepperminty chocolate, kind of like thin mint vibes. It's like I'm on a mountain of toothpaste, but chocolate toothpaste. Yeah, it does kind of taste like if you were to eat a thin mint after you've already brushed your teeth. So... Really honing in on the peppermint. We're on to the next one, though. Let's try the mini gingerbread people because they look delicious. Sorry, gingerbread man. You served us well. <laughs> mm. You can taste the man. <laughs> really gingery. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I like this one, but... <laughs> 
I like it. And out of five, honest. Okay, so back to the stars, I would give those probably like a two, honestly. Two out of five. That's low. I'm sorry. The gingerbread man, what do you think? I like I like them both, actually. These oh. are like at least at least three out of five. Like, come on. Have have some respect for the holidays. Where's your holiday spirit, Joanna? I don't know. I might be a Scrooge because honestly a two, but let's move on to the next one. All let's right. try the um the gingerbread cookies with the icing in the middle. The ginger, the gingerbread cookie. For those who can't see us, because we're on the radio, of course, of course, is somewhat like an Oreo, but instead of a chocolatey shell around the filling, you have a nice brown textured gingerbread core. Let's try it. Mmm. This is good. Tastes like home. That one's honestly my favorite one. That one reminds me of like. When you when your class would do like the Polar Express day and you get all the snacks and like those cookies would be like the first ones to go because everyone's eating them. Banger. <laughs> Good a, cookie. A faint hit of cinnamon for those listening at home. Mm-hmm. And on a scale from one to five, <laughs> I would give it probably a four. A, I like that one. That's a, a really good one. There's a four. Depending on the next one, it might be a five. We'll see. Oh, this next one is the dark chocolate covered peppermint jojos so imagine kind of a moose tracks ice cream type deal it's a round cookie with chocolate so brown with some white speckles on it like like asphalt but delicious really hard to run into um you know if you have strong teeth good for you you might like this one if you have dentures don't do it as someone who doesn't like chocolate or mint things gotta say that was a zero out of five. So I, I retract my earlier statement. The gingerbread cookie is a five out of five. This is like a peppermint patty that's been mm-hmm. like, le- like left out overnight. And so those were all of the snacks that we just tried. And w- if you want them, you can thank us for the review in advance. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as So now that we subjected everyone to our food critiques, let's talk about another important facet of the holidays, Johanna. Christmas movies. Yes, the Christmas movies are always a good time of the season. And so while we have our takes that we're going to talk about in just a little bit, Anthony and I went out and asked people on USC's campus about their favorite Christmas movies. And here is what we found. As soon as the holiday season hits, streaming services and movie studios release the newest round in the avalanche of Christmas movies. Netflix alone has almost 100 Christmas movies available on its platform, according to whatsonnetflix.com. Some are old classics, like It's a Wonderful Life. Some are newer hits, like Elf or children's movies, like A Charlie Brown Christmas. Forbes has stated that the highest grossing Christmas film of all time is Home Alone while others have cited The Grinch as the reigning box office champion. Michael Prado, majoring in pop music performance, shared his favorite Christmas movie. Uh, my favorite uh, Christmas movie has got to be Home Alone, because uh, that was just like my fantasy as a kid, is being Home Alone. Kevin! Maisie White, a junior studying journalism, talked about some of her favorites for the holiday season. I'm a big fan of Elf. Santa's coming to town! Oh my god! Any of the Home Alones. 
Um, you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? I've never seen it. Understandable. I like. I, I wish I could give an opinion. Whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie is a hotly contested subject. Prado believes it's not one. A movie can be a Christmas movie if you want to watch it during Christmas. Okay, perfect. So and what if I wanted to watch Die Hard during Christmas? Uh, no, that's the only exception. White has a controversial opinion in the Christmas movie debate as well. What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things. The Nightmare Before... With Jack Skellington. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. I kind of think it's more Halloween. Okay. But some people say it's Christmas. I don't know. I feel like it's just... I, I watch it during Halloween. We hope you enjoy the season, regardless of whether you're watching a holiday classic, a cherished animated film, or something decidedly unique to your Christmas spirit even one of the 42 new Hallmark Christmas movies releasing this year. For Annenberg Media, I'm Joanna Bauerdorf. And I'm Anthony Klingerman. So when it comes to Annenberg Media, we also have favorite Christmas movies too. Uh, and so we actually asked some people on our team what their favorite movies are. And so I honestly really like Issa's Merry Madagascar and the Julianuary special, some Madagascar throwbacks. But wait, Nikki said A Miracle on 34th Street and Ethan said Tokyo Godfathers. Two movies that I've never seen before. But what I have seen is Marlo's favorite, which is Charlie Brown Christmas, keeping it classic. Well, Mallory is actually into Love Actually, the English classic. And Eric really likes Unaccompanied Minors, which is also another movie that I have not seen. So sorry, Eric. Well, Joanna, what about you? What's your favorite? My favorite movie is probably Christmas with the Cranks. I've watched that one pretty much once a year, as you usually do with Christmas movies. But that one I always tend to watch every year. How about you? The Polar Express, of course. Hot chocolate. It's the most beautiful time of the year Lights fill the streets spreading so much cheer I should be playing in the winter snow But I'm a All right, well, Christmas is just four weeks away and it's time to start listening to those classic holiday bangers. Some of these songs have been playing since the day after Halloween, but with Thanksgiving over and December 1st just around the corner, it's safe to say that you can unapologetically listen to your favorite holiday songs. Eric Trevino caught up with USC students and got some of their hot Christmas song takes. Get ready to unwrap some musical opinions as we delve into the world of holiday tunes. We let students air their grievances and share their least favorite Christmas songs. So brace yourselves for some festive critiques and maybe a few bah humbugs. Christmas is a holiday known for its iconic music. We all know someone who's obsessed with Christmas music, maybe even started playing it the day after Halloween. But the quieter population we don't talk about are those that maybe prefer not to capture their holiday cheer through song. So let's compare some of USC's favorite and least favorite Christmas songs. Maisie Ong, an international student, is a fan of the classics. I think the classic All I Want by oh, All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. Yeah. Don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. However, being an international student, she may not have spent enough time to be annoyed by Christmas songs yet. Any like even Jingle Bells is nice to me, so yeah. To be honest, because I'm from Singapore, so we don't really celebrate Christmas back home. Gives me the Christmas vibes, I think, which okay. is really really nice. Yeah. And for those who like Christmas more than the average person, their favorite is as important as what presents they give. 
Gabriel Gonzalez, a freshman, is one of these people. I'm a Christmas lover. Okay. Just like Ong, Mariah Carey is a staple on her Christmas playlist. I like the Mariah Carey Christmas song. That's my favorite. All I want for Christmas is you. That one's, I can listen to that year round. <laughs> but even someone who loves the holidays has their limits. Probably one of the Justin Bieber Christmas songs. Like, I don't know. But I don't hate them. They're just not my favorite. Alex Bland, also a freshman, doesn't entirely agree. Despite also being a self-proclaimed Christmas lover, she shares entirely opposite feelings as her friend Gabrielle. I'm gonna have to say Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely because it's so overplayed on TikTok. It like, it genuinely just like gives me a headache. <laughs> and Bland's favorite? Gonzalez's least favorite. In contrary to Gabrielle, I have to say Justin Bieber's and the Disney Channel's like Happy Universal Holidays. I love that playlist. Oh. Alex has been playing Christmas songs since October. <laughs> But let's not forget that for some people, finals week is an obstacle before winter break that cannot be overlooked and can definitely dampen the festive mood. Kristen Azarrague, a sophomore, has a different relationship with Christmas music. Christmas time makes me a little anxious because it's like the end of the, the semester finals and all of that. So I associate, I've been associating Christmas music with that anxiety. And for some students, they relate to Christmas songs that reflect more of the California weather. Hayden Brown, a graduate student, talks about her favorite. My favorite Christmas song is Winter Things by Ariana Grande. It ain't even cold outside, now where I'm from. I think it's really cute. It's a very like quaint song, but I like that she talks about being in a warmer climate because I'm originally from Hawaii and now I live in LA, so I've never really had like a cold winter. Um, and it's just, it's a fun, like sweet couple song and yeah. However, not all Christmas songs can provide that feeling. My least favorite is Baby It's Cold Outside. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. Super creepy vibes. Like super creepy that the woman wants to leave and this guy is like keeping her in the house being like, no, it's so cold, like don't leave. Like just very outdated song, I feel like, that has a lot of sentimental value to older generations that I've really never understood myself. Um, so that would be my least favorite. For others, like Jackson Hill, a graduate student, his favorite Christmas song is a reflection of what he grew up with. Uh, I would say my favorite Christmas song is The Peace Carol. Which is a special that John Denver, um, who's famous for Take Me Home Country Roads, as you probably have heard, um, sang with the Muppets on a Christmas special. And I don't know, I've, I listened to it a lot as a child, so it brings a lot of good childhood Christmas memories. It seems the holidays have a way of bringing people together even if it's over trivial arguments on classic Christmas songs. Regardless of how much you love or hate Christmas songs, there will be no escaping them in the coming weeks. For Annenberg Media, I'm Eric Trevino. The holiday season is full of classic traditions, stockings over the fire, decorating the tree, and hitting the rink for a few laps around the ice. Our reporter, Nolan Ezzett, went out to Pershing Square in downtown LA, where he spoke with Robert Keith, the operations manager of Willy Bitech Productions, the company managing the ice skating rink out that direction. He talked about the history of the rink itself and how in the world they keep the ice cool in the heat of LA. 
what year was the most success for the for the rink? Like, which year had just everyone flocking over? Any memorable year? Well, I can tell you that when we started back in whatever that was, uh, the mid-90s back here, uh, it was a much smaller rink, and there wasn't many people, and there was a, a completely different look here at Pershing Square. We've gone through several revisions. But Angelinos like this rink. I don't know what it is. Uh, it might be because of all the skyscrapers. I mean, it doesn't really get that much better than this. This is iconic L.A. Now, I know parents who were children when they skated here. Uh, it's a tradition. It's a holiday tradition. When this rink comes in, they know the holidays are here. How in the world do you make it so that an outdoor skating rink in L.A. is able to function for from the afternoon, from 11.30 a.m., all the way to at night. That great big machine right over there, it's just like your air conditioner at your home. Uh, I do think we were a little warmer than you said today. Uh, but the other day uh, we were, I think we hit the highest we have hit with ice this year is 86. Um, not bad, not bad uh, at all. The wind, it wasn't bad that day. Uh, the humidity, we get frost in the morning, uh, but uh, the machine chills the glycol down. Uh, we can only go so cold with it. And then we, uh, like right now, I can tell you he's turning the machine up because we're in the shadow or the eclipse of the skyscraper. Our resurfacer is a little bit different than one you see in a hockey game. Ours looks like a, looks like a high dollar um, golf cart. Uh, it comes out and what it does is it's going to shave just uh, uh, whatever they ask it to. They're going to shave just the top part of the ice off. They're going to pull it over. We're going to drop it into a melt tank. It's going to melt and go back and come back in the machine. Then they're going to lay hot water, really, really hot water because hot water freezes quicker than cold water. And we want that hot water to get on the surface. We want it to melt into all the grooves and everything, make it slick and fun again and freeze and we're ready for the next group to come out and go skating. The Nutcracker is a long-running holiday tradition that has dazzled audiences since its Russian debut 131 years ago. Annenberg Media's own Erica Driscoll has been a long-time performer in the show, playing nearly every role at some point and is joining us here today to speak about her performances, or her experiences rather, performing in the iconic story. So Erica, when did you join the show? Well, I would have to say, I believe my first year, I was eight years old, and so I would say like 20 years of doing the show almost, uh, not within like the last four years, so maybe not, but literally your childhood dream, and I feel like I've worked my way up to say that I've almost played every role. How would you prepare for the show and like how did it change when you had a different role? Yeah, so definitely I think when you're little, it's like, or you're younger, it's like, oh my gosh, I get to go on the stage. Like the audition season, it starts in generally August or September and that stays the same typically if you're in a dance company, a professional company when I was dancing with San Diego Ballet's company as well. Auditions are in September, uh, September August. You dance on rehearse like usually on the weekends for probably six hours on the weekend. And then, you know, when you're a professional company, you rehearse throughout the week until the shows start in December. Why do you think this particular story, this, this you know, production has lasted so long as it has? You know, that's a good question. I think it's because it's a very much like a family affair. It's very welcoming and 
it's just there's the costumes, there's the lights. It's a story that resonates with everyone. And ever since you're little and you grow up with it. And I definitely think also because of it's just magic. It brings the magic. There's magic within the show, the sets and everything. Yeah. So what roles have you played in The Nutcracker and which ones have been your favorite or least favorite to play? Okay, so I was trying to think. I'm trying to think of the roles, but I would have to say my favorite one, which you're probably like, what? Would have been to be Fritz, who's Clara's little brother, because I got to be a little brat. Um, and I got to wear a wig and dress up as a boy and just like be a brat, break the nutcracker, super fun. But then I also got to play Clara. I was actually Clara for two years. Um, and, or I, no, I was Clara for two years when I was younger. And then when I danced professionally, I was also Clara again and Dewdrop, which was one of the highest roles that I played, um, getting to be, she's basically the princess of all the flowers and it's on point and it was the hardest role too because you had to do fouette turns, which are those mm. turns where you're on one leg, you do like 14 in a row. So very rewarding, but every role is so different. We have time for one more question. So would you have any advice for, you know, for kids maybe, who might potentially want to get into this, do you think it'd be possible? Oh, of course. Anything is possible, especially tis the season for Christmas and the magic of the Nutcracker. You have your heart set on a roll. You just keep going for it and don't be discouraged because each roll works your way up to the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, those are Erica Driscoll. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. And I hope you go see the Nutcracker. I know Los Angeles Ballet, there's plenty of opportunities in LA to see it. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Issa Johnson, Ethan Wong, Eric Trevino, and Nikki Barrelson produced today's show, as well as Mary Louise Leone. Excuse me. We had help from Jack Novak Holmesy and Nolan Azette. Mallory Cara is our coach. Our board operator is Chris Babona. Our live stream manager is Tony Fajardo. And our technical advisor is Sebastian Gruba. We also had theme music composed by Derek Renfro. Catch us live on YouTube at Edinburgh Radio News Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Subscribe to From Where We Are, wherever you're listening right now. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Edinburgh Radio. For the final time, I'm Anthony Klingerman. And I'm Joanna Bauerdorf. From all of us here at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, thank you for joining us this semester for a ton of fun from Where, where We, we are. are.